<laughs> All right. Uh, good morning, everybody. And uh, uh, <laughs> I said good morning. You said good afternoon. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> See how my day goes, right? All right. So uh, uh, welcome to our midweek service. And we've been talking about healed and whole. And we want to get back in. We jump right into it today. Um, uh, we spent some time last week just talking about just the, uh, uh, humility, humility it takes to make sure we're receiving what we're supposed to get and just, uh, uh, applying our faith. So we're going to talk a little bit about faith and, and uh, a little bit how sometimes people get their healing, but don't hold on to it or lose it. Uh, a lot of the uh, different men of God uh, over the years in in, in the uh, Bible school, we've been talking about one of the you know solid men of God as he was coming up, Martin Luther. Well, Martin Luther and others discovered that prayers, penance, uh, you know, penance. People start, you know, three Hail Marys, give me seventeen shekels, and and five goats and your sins be forgiven of you, <laughs> all right? But they realized that, that, that the penance and the fasting and the tears and great strugglings of the spirit did not bring them to an enjoyment of the peace of God, experiencing the things of God. It was only when they accepted the promise of the finished work of Christ that heaven's peace showed up. And it's it's the same for us. The truth, uh, the truth that, uh, the reality that, or the understanding that, the realization that the just shall live by faith. Um, at, at one point, the just shall live by faith was scarcely believed by anyone. But eventually, uh, people realized that that's the foundation in which we should be operating. The just shall live by faith. And we talk about here at the church, it's not faith moments, but it's a faith life. You know, that scripture is actually written three times in the word, right? The just Old Testament and New Testament. The just shall live by faith. And so, so if this life is about faith, if there's a, a, a chink or if there's something that's trying to uh, steal our ability to receive our healing, it would have to be the adversary trying to break our faith down, right? You know, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Jesus told Peter, Satan uh, sift, sift you like wheat, but I pray that your faith fails not. Right? Sift you like wheat. You know, you think about sifting wheat, you're breaking it down, breaking it down to, to, to almost the smallest granular. Right? And so, so let's hit here uh, why some lose their healing manifestation. Because if we talked about last week, by stripes we were healed, by stripes we are healed, right? Then it's, it's not the healing that's already been paid for. It's us accessing it through our faith, right? And so what happens is some, some, some of us allow or some people allow something to disturb their believing which chokes or interrupts the work of the Spirit. Sometimes uh, we allow things to disturb our believing. Let's go to Luke 
8. And, you know, as uh, we've been talking about it, uh, Ed's going to talk about it here this coming Sunday, the last, uh, the last piece of uh, the three aspects of salvation. We actually have a, 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 a teaching coming up here within a few weeks or so, or I don't know, a few weeks or a month. Now I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe more like a month. But uh, just uh, we'll be talking about the war of the spirit and the flesh. And so the interesting thing is, if you think about how we live our lives, and, 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 and I don't know, I'm going to say I know, but I don't know. So, so I was going to say I don't know why we think this way, but then I do know because we were born in this world of sin and iniquity, you know, um, and, uh, the frustration in our minds. But we sometimes have this all or none philosophy, you know what I'm saying, like, like, uh, as uh, Pastor Mel, we, we, we were uh, doing some uh, marriage counseling the other day, but, but she sh- shares this a lot. And uh, we've talked about it, just uh, preparation for purpose. I mean, Galatians 4, 1 and 2 is all about preparation. But Pastor Mel talks about just the process. Like, you know, we kind of skip the process. Like, it's, it's all or none. You know, uh, and and the interesting thing, I thought like this when I was real young. As a young artist, a young guy drawing, like I had to do all, whatever I drew, I had to do it in one day. You know, I had to complete it in one day. So so I came up with this idea for a poster of all the superheroes, uh, Flash and, you know, Iron Man and all these different people. But I couldn't complete it in that day. And something came over me like something was wrong. And then... Then something hit me. Wait a minute, I could work on it tomorrow. <laughs> now that might sound uh, simple, but just as simple as that sounds, why can't we just go through the increments to receive what God has for us? Right? Why can't we go through the increments? It's like it's all or none. You know, so then we make statements like I tried and we're still existing. <laughs> You know, I tried already, and we're still here. So it's over. It's done with. And so, so I, I was using the uh, three aspects of salvation because we're, going, we're talking about the salvation past, when you accept Jesus, salvation present, the tests you go through, and salvation future, the reward for those tests that you go through. But as long as Christ is, uh, hasn't arrived, we're going to be tested in our flesh. We're going to be tempted to not believe. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's why the just shall live by faith. Right? As long as we live by faith, is it really a test or a temptation? You know, because I live this way. This is how I roll. But if we're visiting faith, if we're conjuring up faith in only on, on, in crisis moments, that's where we kind of going to struggle when we really need to believe. Because faith is not something we live by. Faith is something that it's like a delicacy, you know. Uh, faith is a cheat day. <laughs> I'm going to do faith today. You know, I'm, I'm just cheating. I'm just doing faith today. You know, I know I'm on normally in fear, but I think I, I'm going to do a little cheat. I'm going to eat some faith today when we should be living by faith. Does that make sense? All right, so Romans 8, uh, no, I'm sorry, Luke 8. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, see, see. Um, I said 13 and 14, so I'll read 13 and 14, but this is the same parable that's in Mark. No, uh, yeah, Mark chapter 4. Uh, I just started verse 11. It says, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. It says, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should, key, key here is, believe and be saved. Remember now, uh, we're going to talk about it if we don't get it to this week, next week, how salvation and, and wholeness are synonymous. But uh, it says, lest they should believe and be saved. That would include our healing. It says, they on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and, and these have no root, which for a while believe. And in time of temptation, fall away. So they believe as long as there's no temptation. <laughs> right? It says, and, and that which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with the cares of the, uh, with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection or completion. You know, the, the uh, Mark chapter 4 says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, right? Enter in and choke the word. So Mark chapter 4 says this, this person actually believes the word gets in. It starts to get rooted. But they allow in the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches or pleasures, and the lust of other things to enter in and choke that word because it's not... It's not about, uh, okay, so a person heard the word and it was taken immediately. So it's not just hearing the word, right? Then somebody, I believe, I believe, I believe with joy, but it really didn't take root. They were just believing on the surface. Well, that's not going to do nothing. As soon as, you know, as soon as something happens, that's going to be snatched away. As soon as, as, soon as any test was going to pull that word away because they really don't believe it. They just, you know, hearing it. Then you got those that actually hear the word, and it takes root. And there's a level of overconfidence that it takes root. No, no, it has to be applied when the test comes. It's taking root for a reason, right? But, but, but a lot of times, that, that, those people get really overconfident and the cares of the world, deceitfulness, the riches, and lust of other things enter in and choke the word. Let's go to Mark chapter 11, right? Mark chapter 11. So we said some people allow something to disturb their believing, which chokes and interrupts the work of the Spirit, right? They allow things in. And this is kind of the, the, the perplexity of living this life as a Christian because I think we're always tempted with being overconfident. You know, most of us, we mess up when we're overconfident. But see, if I'm living by faith, because I was thinking about this the other day, this all or none thing. Like, why are we just Christians? Um, like, either when we're in a crisis or we're just Christians when we, you know, we realize we need to get ourselves together, but then as soon as everything seems favorable and looks right, we relax and we get caught up in it. Or, or, or why can't we be a Christian on vacation? 
Why can't we be on a Christian in a promotion? Why can't we be a solid Christian uh, when we have all types of resources? Like, you notice it's hard for a lot of people, you know, why can't we be a Christian when we got people in town? Like, like, like why, do, why, why, why does it, our, 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 our lock-in and our focus change? You know, uh, my son and my grandchildren are coming to town. I, that doesn't mean, ah, well, got, got them coming in town. I mean, I pretty much know Scripture. I'll just give them anything. No, I still got to study. I, but I still got to love them. I still got to support my grandson at his games. You see what I'm saying? But, but it doesn't exempt me from my consistency. You know what I'm saying? Just like it doesn't exempt me from working out. You know what I'm saying? Like, or eating right. Like, like we, so we shut down everything as soon as there's another option. And, and, and that's where the adversary seeking whom he may devour, he's looking for those moments because that's the only way he's going to get in. When you locked in, he can't get in. He, he's hoping you relax or he's hoping you um, get fearful and run. All right, so, so uh, Mark eleven twenty four. it says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Well, let's read 23. You've got to read 23 because it, it locks more into what we're talking about. It says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, kids, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. All right, so, so uh, when, when that scripture is read, we have... Our, our heirs audience online, we have our heirs audience in the house, and this is what people process through. Hey, that's my scripture. Some people go, man, that seems pretty difficult. Some people says, well, you know, it's been hard. That's my challenge. It's hard for me to believe. And the thing is, this is our other challenge. We think it's all on us. Our job is to feed ourselves the word until we cross over into this level of faith. Our job is to feed ourselves, just like in school, or I tell students, I tell, you know, uh, people I've coached, absorb. Our job is to absorb. You know, we're stopping to go, am I there yet? Uh, how do I feel? Do I believe? Do I believe? And, and it, it's, it's not even about that. Even as a man of God, it's not about how I feel. You know, it, it, you know if the Lord tells me to pray for somebody for healing or whatever, it's just about obedience. You know, I'm just being obedient, and, and you don't always feel enough, uh, feel anything. Just like the three young ladies that came up the other day, uh, we have time. Well, we're going to have time, but uh, uh, I want you guys to hear from uh, Cinnamon's testimony. But, but I ain't feel nothing because it's not about what I feel. It's just about being obedient. So we're, we're, we're looking for, see, feeling is about our control. I'm in control of what's happening. And it has nothing to do with our control. You know, it has not. So, so our job is to, to, what does God say? Meditate on the word day and night, do all that's written therein. Then shall you make a way prosperous, then shall you have good success, Joshua 1.8. Our job is to meditate on the word day and night. Not to keep, as we're, we're reading it, okay, do I feel anything yet? Am I more faithful yet? No, our job is to, to, to jump in and absorb it. 
The interesting thing is we've been trained this way our entire life. Now we actually have the choice, though. See, when you was young, like, he sent to school, and he has to do homework, and you got to read, and you got to learn stuff. You know, and you're in class, and they're going, you got to go through this stuff over and over and over. They're basically giving you layered learning to teach you some foundational things, how to count and how to read. But you notice we don't go, oh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. When, when you're young, kids, ain't nobody right sitting there thinking about, this, thinking about whether or not I'm going to be smart or not. You just learn the information. Then you get to a point, somebody might question, let's say you make a mistake. Uh, I, I thought I was going to teach this. I'm not teaching this. This is in the book. <laughs> so, so, so uh, no, I might be teaching it. Um, but we just start to, somebody says something, we start second-guessing guessing ourselves. You know, so now we're, we're, we were already flowing a certain way. But as soon as somebody says something to question you or to criticize you, now I don't want to deal with their criticism, so I'm, I'm going to change what I do. As if your life is dependent on that person's perspective, Right? Or if somebody says you're stupid, now I'm playing off of, am I not smart? Is this the most intelligent person in the world that's making this statement? You know what I'm saying? So, so why does it matter what they say? And you wasn't playing off a of smart or stupid before they made the comment. You were being yourself. You see what I'm saying? But now we, we you know, people spend their whole life in their head based on, oh, don't get me around anything where I got to be smart because they told me I was stupid. Well, they told me, said, uh, I'm mental, and, and so now you're playing off of a moment and dragging it throughout your life based on an individual assessment. And, and that's, that's what the adversary's been doing. He's trying to sift your faith. He's trying to break you down. He's trying to size you up. I remember this. I'm going to share this. So I was walking in the gym one day, and this guy said, man, you ain't got no calves. I was like, I don't know, I was like uh, 15. You know, I was a little skinny dude. I was a little dude, so I probably, was, probably just started growing a little bit because I was, see, I was 5'1". Later in my freshman year, I think I got to about 5'5". Five, five. So, man, I'm a little dude. I ain't supposed to have no cast. I'm like 15. You know what I'm saying? But, but I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know um, I was going to be nice. I, I, I was going to say something. But, but... So I'm playing off of, is this person a, my measure of life? So we, so we have to start thinking about it. And I said that because this whole belief thing, we're, we've been in fear and we magnify it and project it forward when all we got to do is feed ourselves the word. Just feed ourselves the word. Don't sit back and worry about how you've been. Just feed yourself the word. Your job is to feed the word. You know, let's say uh, uh, I feel uh, infirmed at home. Your job is to get in the atmosphere of where you can get healed and get the word and God is around. That's your job. It ain't, it's, it's not really about feelings, all right? So, so the truth is the majority of people who come for healing are healed as far as God is concerned, right? The real problem is to keep these people from... Uh, uh, from unbelief and from questioning, right? You know, or looking for sickness in the midst of healing. Uh, 
you know, a lot of times the reason why it's hard for people to absorb because a lot of times we're slave to our senses. Our senses have been running our lives, our feelings, right? And, and, and see, this is the reality. Healing is available, right? Uh, you know, we know about Jesus at the pool of Bethesda, right? He healed only one and left the others lame and sick lying there. <laughs> Look here, uh, John 5. John 5. Because the healing is available, but we actually have to attach our faith to it. Around here, we always talk about attaching our faith to everything, Right? All right, that's John 5, and we'll start here at verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew, tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity, 30 and 8 years. Remember, the infirmity attacks your mind, right? 38 years. How many? 38 years. Right? And when Jesus saw him lie, lying there pretty much, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, that now he... So Jesus showed up at the place where an angel was sent on assignment to create an atmosphere for healing. The man is at the pool and has been dealing with this for 38 years, living in proximity to the pool, not in another state, not another country, right in proximity to an atmosphere of healing. So Jesus shows up and said, would thou be made home? The impotent man answered him, sir. Now, 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 this is his answer. He didn't answer yes. <laughs> he didn't answer yes. He didn't attach his faith to believe. He said, the impotent man answered, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. Is it the Sabbath day? It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. <laughs> Wait, this dude just got healed. And they're focusing on the Sabbath day and you carrying your bed. And if it was me, it's like, listen, well, then I'm just going to have to, whatever it's going to take, but I just got healed. Well, who's thinking about the Sabbath day? You know, so, so I can't be healed on the Sabbath day? Like, it's, you know, so anyway. But, but he had to confess by faith his desire to be made whole. He had to, to 
He had to have an exchange. Luke, let's go to Luke 4. Let's go to Luke 4. Now, there was a lot of people at the, the, the remember it said all these people were like, how come it didn't say Jesus healed everybody at the pool? There was something about this guy uh, at the pool. So, so uh, Luke 4, 23. Uh, yeah, 23. Uh, uh, so, and he said unto them, you will surely say unto me this proverb, physician, heal thyself. It says, whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. So, so now this is after Jesus said, the anointing is upon me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel uh, to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach the deliverance of the captives, recovering the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So then after that, he says, this day the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. So he's quoted Isaiah and said, today the scripture is fulfilled. Basically, that's, that's what the anointing is upon me for. So they're looking at him like, Jesus, uh, Joseph's son? Like, what is he talking about? And so then he goes on to say, you know what? So he, he picked up in their spirit, their thinking. He says, now you're going to say to me, after I go to Capernaum, he hasn't gone there yet. He says, you're going to say, after you hear about what they've done, you're going to say, you know, physician, heal thyself, right? Then he says, uh, verse 24, and he said, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. He says, but I tell you a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Zarephatah, a city of Zidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel at the time of Elijah the prophet. None of them were cleansed, saying, Naaman the Syrian. So what he's saying is like, it's not just about, he says all these, just because everybody's infirm doesn't automatically mean they're going to get the healing they have to do something. Remember, Naaman had to get in that water. You know, that woman had to come to him, right? And so, so not everyone receives their healing, right? Not everyone receives their healing. Remember Psalm 78, 41, it says they, limit, they limited the Holy One of Israel because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief. And so, so the thing is, is we have a part to play. Uh, Matthew 13. Let's look at Matthew 13. Now, now I just said not everyone receives their healing. And that, 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 that puzzles or that pulls on people because our thought is, well, doesn't Jesus want everybody healed? Yes, he does. That's not what I said. I said not everyone receives their healing. I didn't say he didn't want everybody healed. He wants everybody healed, but he can't make you attach your faith to it. Does that make sense? All right, so, so here, look, look, it says in uh, Matthew, this is another version of what we were talking about in Luke, uh, Matthew 13, 58. It says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. 
So this is another version of him saying a prophet is, is not without honor saving his own country and his own house. And it said he did not many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. It didn't say he didn't do many mighty works because he couldn't do them. He says because of their unbelief. Right? He couldn't override their unbelief. Does that make sense? It's not so much that they believed in sickness here. It's that they didn't believe in the healer and his power to heal and make whole. So it's not, it's not about them believing so much in the sickness because keeping it real, they don't have to believe in the sickness. It's already there, right? They have to believe for the healing, right? What needs assistance to manifest is healing. Sickness don't need sickness to manifest once it's already manifested, right? So whether you believe it or not, the sickness is already, has, has already entered into the earth realm into your body. But if you want the healing to enter the earth realm into your body, you actually have to do something. You have to believe, right? Mark chapter 6. Let's go to Mark chapter 6. So again, Jesus wants everybody healed. I mean, that's a part of the redemptive power, right? We're redeemed from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and death, right? So he wants that. So, so again, again, another version of the same thing in Mark, you know, so the gospel is just coming at different angles. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he there could do no mighty works, save he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled. Look, look. He laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went around about the villages teaching. See, he didn't look at their lack of being healed as his weakness. He knew he was filled with the power from on high. So, so, so when, they, when, when he only healed a few people, see, this is, oh, this is good because we operate different. When, you know, God wants to use you and tells you to pray for somebody and they don't receive their healing, you, you know, a lot of us are walking around and going, something wrong with me, right? But look at Jesus, the Messiah. He, he, he was praying for all types of people. The people that didn't receive his, their healing, he didn't attach to himself. He was like, he, it's, the scripture said he marveled at their unbelief. So he knew the only way that a person cannot receive healing is they have unbelief. Because he's like, healing is a guarantee. Like, so, so for him, it wasn't like, I hope this healing works. No, he's like, no, healing is a given. God wanting you to be whole is a given. I'm the Messiah and I have power is a given from on high. You know, this is before he had all power, so he accessed power from God because he was obedient unto God. So what you submit to, you, you draw from, right? It, he was obedient unto God, unto death, right? I'm not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of the Father. Because he knew he was obedient to God's will and submitted to God's will, he knew if I submitted to authority, I have authority, and I definitely have authority over sickness and disease. So the only way somebody's not going to receive their, their healing is if they don't believe in the authority that was communicated out of me, right? So he knew the unbelief of, he knew it was the unbelief of the receiver. So lack of manifestation is a receiver thing. 
Lack of manifestation is a receiver thing. And so we live this life when we hear stuff like that. Remember we said it takes humility to receive our healing. We hear stuff like that. We like to deflect. You know, what you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is it takes belief, and we don't just believe because we're sick. You know what I'm saying? Like, like as soon as you get sick, you don't automatically go to the highest level of belief. You got to feed yourself to get to belief. Well, doesn't God love me? Yeah, that's why he, he, in advance, paid the price for your healing. In advance. But we have to pay the price to believe. You see what I'm saying? He paid the price for our healing. We have to pay the price to believe. It costs to believe. You don't believe at your convenience. And that's the thing. So, so this is the little trick of the, the world because the world keeps uh, our faith choked with the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. Think about what we deal with mostly on a daily basis. Cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things. We're so caught up in keeping up, it's weakening our ability to have faith to a point where we've lost sight of the spirit realm. We've lost sight of, of all the things of God. The things of God are like fantasies to a lot of people. You know, that's why people come in the house of God and the kingdom of God, and it's almost like, you, uh, have you ever watched uh, a movie where uh, you see the movies, uh, uh, actually, I can think of one, it's called a Minor- Mi- Minority Report. And so in the movie, the guy was uh, like, like, he was like playing things over, but, but he didn't realize it at first. But every once in a while, he would, it would be like glitches of, of reality would kick him like he would see, wait, 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 hold on, I've I been here already. But it would, it would kind of, it would be like flashes going in and out. That's how we are. God made us. We're designed to believe. And so sometimes we have flashes of belief and be, because we, we feed ourselves a little bit of word. Like, we live a life where, like, 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 if I just show up on Sunday, I'm good. And, we, and, and, and the trip is, it's, it's a trick of the enemy. He's taking out lives early. He's having people carry around sickness and disease. Oh, no, they got, they, they got a big sickness. You know, they got a big sickness. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I've been dealing with this high blood pressure for long. You know, I, you know, I ain't no big deal. You know, I, got, I take my medication, stuff like that. Oh, you ain't got to be dealing with high blood pressure? Are you kidding me? But, but we've been trained that uh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. You see, so, so, <laughs> what, so what happens is if, if, if the receiver is not believing, it is important to keep these, uh, those that are in unbelief under the word of God and from association with unbelievers. Like you don't want to be around a bunch of unbelievers and you need to believe for something. But we call it, we cool. Yeah. It's kryptonite. You cool with kryptonite. Here, you need healing. And let, let, so I'm going to say this respectfully because I, 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 
try to be transparent. What does it take for us to believe? Do we got to really go through some pain? I just say this, and you, when I, when, I, when I worked in corrections, I was like, okay, listen, you, you, you could believe me now, or the pain can have you believe me later. But you might want to believe now. And God says the same thing to all of, all of us all the time. Because with all of our, I'm saying this respectful, but with all of our arrogance, like, eh, that's not how I roll, none of us can get past sickness and disease. You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like that, that's an even playing field for everybody. The rich, the poor, high level, low level, uh, whatever, uh, you know, uh, what do I want to call it? Uh, uh, title we have, even playing field. Like, don't nobody ask you about your tax bracket when it comes to sickness and disease. We're all even there. We all need to believe. It's, it's humbled many. Right? And sometimes we, we're skipping over this. So, so this is the thing. When people are in the unbelief, their faith was not in the Word of God, but in sense evidence. Their faith wasn't in the Word of God, but in sense evidence. That's sight, hearing, and feeling. And I got that from E.W. Kenyon in the book called Jesus the Healer. E.W. Kenyon's a powerful writer, right? Powerful man of God that wrote the book, Right? But, but he said their faith was not in the word of God, but in sense evidence, sight, hearing, and feeling. But, but as a Christian, our Christianity is a confession. Christianity is a confession. It's a, a, an acknowledgement, a revelation, right? It, it, let's look here, James, James, James 5. Look here, James 5. And the interesting things, we're talking about uh, healed and whole, but we can be talking about uh, a quality of, 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 of living a wonderful, faithful life or not. You know, the interesting thing is uh, I taught in our, in our uh, ministry school in Columbus, and I, um, well, the two classes I normally would teach was I would open up with spiritual authority. That was the first class of the school. Um, you know, I kind of orchestrated the class a certain way when they made me a dean. And then the, I would teach the last class, and that was the Holy Spirit and his gifts. But every once in a while, you had a teacher that either it was on another assignment, they had something else going on, they had to go out of town, whatever. And so I would fill in for them. So one of our teachers taught the class uh, on healing. So I actually taught the class and used the book by T.L. Osborne. So some of the stuff that we'll be talking about through here is a powerful book. Uh, it's called Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's all types of people I've sent that book to, you know, there's, there's uh, processing through healing. But, but what, I, what really stood out when I read through that book, and I read through it a few times now, and I, I said, man, this is like a, a, a manual. Because it wasn't just about healing. There's so much scripture in that book. Now, every level, there's signs, wonders, and miracles. Actually, I was just watching the other day uh, Kenneth Copeland, Mark Hankins talking, and he, he referenced uh, Kenneth Copeland's, I guess, the 80s something. He was like, Yeah, I remember T.L. Osborne told me 
I was like, you was around? <laughs> you know, T.L. Osborne wasn't even here no more. He was like, he said, I remember T.L., T.L., uh, you know, T.L., you know how he would talk. You know, they were talking like, you know, I mean, I, I, I've never, never even heard him speak, but I just read the book. But, but I, I said that to say, like, if, if, if we're really, I think, believing for healing, and be, that's why it's healed and whole is the teaching, is believing for being whole. You know what I'm saying? Because we can't do the things of God if we're not healed. You know, it slows us down. And normally when the adversary is trying to slow you down, he'll attack you in your body, all right? All right, so let's look here at verse 16. Well, we'll start at verse 15. We'll focus on 16. Start at verse 15. It says, and the prayer of faith shall save what? The sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Look at 16. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another. Look that you may be healed, right? The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail of much. Now, interesting how confession, which is, you know, and humility and, and stuff like that, is within there about being healed. But most of the time when people are dealing with infirmities, sickness, and diseases, they hide, <laughs> right? But this ain't about hiding, all right? You have to confess, agree with the work of Christ, the finished work of Christ, right? Agree with the finished work of Christ. And the thing is, uh, I heard somebody share this, might have been Pastor Mel, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it was Pastor Mel. But how, remember how some of the sickness and disease was for, um, was for uh, the glory of God, right? <laughs> well, how God going to get the glory? You hiding. They saw you healed, they see you again, you healed. But they didn't see what you went through in the middle. So how does God get the glory out of that, right, when you hide, right? Uh, 1 John 1, 9, we talk about that a lot here. Look, it says, if we, forget, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Right? So, so it's about confession. So we, we have these two options, belief and unbelief. Two options, belief and unbelief. So either the word is true or not. Either the word is true or not. Either God will do what he promised or not. And I heard a man of God say, faith is a decisive act. Faith is a decisive act. And so this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. Like, this is where the rubber meets the road because this is a real life. We're serving a real God. And we're, serve, we're, we're living a life, a real life of heaven on earth. It's real. It's not make-believe. And if, if, if you haven't been afforded to experience the real life and the real God and the real heaven on earth, man, feed yourself some more of this word. Because what happens is it'll clear your way to seeing beyond the, uh, the, the natural realm. Let's look here at Mark chapter 5. We talk about this, uh, this particular passage a lot. talking to 
young man, him, him and his family, they're like family to us. We did a retreat in Florida some years ago. And uh, from then, on, from that point on, we, we were all real close. Uh, uh, actually, just sow seeds to somebody at the church. <laughs> Some, just so seed to somebody in me, you know, uh, just recently. But but uh, we were talking. Well, I say Montreal School. Uh, we were talking, and we were actually talking about this passage. He just brought it up. And so Mark 5, 27 through 34. And this is a young lady, the certain woman, when she heard, heard Jesus was back in the town. So verse 27 says, when she heard. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. So, so even before I keep reading, when do you think she got her healing? See, 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 remember we said it's about belief. So before anything happened, before she even grabbed him, she said, what, confessed, she agreed with the word of God. Her mouth agreed. That's why I said Christianity is about confession. She, uh, she, what came out of her mouth was not the circumstances. What came out of her mouth was, oh, no, if I touch him, I'm going to be whole. Right? You know, so remember, if you believe in your heart and you shall not doubt, you can have whatsoever you say. And this is what she did. Verse 29. And straightway. The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Now, did he pour out the virtue, or was it extracted? It was siphoned, <laughs> right? She siphoned that thing, <laughs> right? It says, he turned about uh, in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou see if the multitude thronging thee, saying, Thou, say if thou who touched me. They saying, everybody touching you. He said, No, 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 everybody's not. Everybody didn't extract something out of me by faith. Whole lot of people just grabbed, but but somebody had faith. And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth, humbled herself and worshiped, right? And he said unto her daughter, what does it say there? Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Whose faith? Right, it was her faith, right? See, genuine faith in his word is stepping out upon what he said, what he has said, regardless of what we see, feel, or sense in the natural. So genuine faith in his word is stepping out upon what he said, regardless of what we see, feel, or sense in the natural. Uh, one of my f uh, favorite psalms, I got a lot of favorite chapters and stuff, but Psalm 27, right? And the, my favorite verse in Psalm 27 is 13. So let's look at that. That's why I start reading this so much because first I was reading the verse and I just said, well, it's probably good to just read the chapter. 
So, verse 13, it says, I had fainted, or another version says, I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Key thing here is I believed to see. I didn't see to believe. I believed to see. I believed to see. I believed first to see. I didn't see to believe. Man, blessed is the person that's believed that has not seen, is what Jesus told him, told what Thomas, right? So I so the believing has to happen first before we see it, right? So we believe, which is authenticated by our actions, then we see manifestation. So we believe, which is authenticated by our actions, then we see manifestation. Right? So if I believe, I'm going to act on it. She believed that she touched the hem of his garment, she acted on it, and then she saw the results. Right? So, so belief is not just, remember, remember there's, there's a lot of people that talk it, but when you act on it, you really believe it, right? You know, it's not just what you say, it's what you act on, right? All right, so let's look at Acts 28. 27. Acts 28, 27. I think this is an interesting passage. And you can see how it's, it's important for us to realize some things here. Acts 28, 27. It says, for the heart of this people is waxed gross, you know, gotten hard, layered with all this stuff in the world, and their ears are dull of hearing, right? Remember, they have ears but they, they do not hear, right? Eyes they don't perceive. It says their eyes have they closed, right? That means they're seeing but not perceiving, right? Seeing with the natural eye but not the spiritual eye. It says, lest, look, look, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. See, so when we really, can, we really believe to see, right, when we really are processing and understanding what God is saying, we're converted and we're healed. So healing for the body is of no value to those who will not accept the promise of God and act upon it. You know, got that from T.L. Osborne. But healing for the body is of no value to those who will not accept the promise of God and act upon it. Scripture says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. And I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll touch on this just a little bit. We'll just touch on it a little bit. We'll get more into it next week. But on, on and it's why there's preaching and teaching of his will. Preaching and teaching of his will. Right? Because, again, it's not, it's all in the receiver, and the receiver has to believe, and the receiver is not going to believe unless they understand, and they're not going to understand without hearing the word. 
And so if you feel like it's hard for you to believe, don't magnify that. Get in the Word. Everybody processes through that. We're born in this earth. We process through our fears, uh, our, our confidence, um, but we have to feed ourselves the Word. Lazy in the Word, you're going to be lazy in your belief. So just as it's difficult to bring a sinner to receive Christ without clear knowledge of God's promise concerning salvation, it's just as difficult to bring a person to receive healing without clear knowledge of God's promise concerning holiness. I'll repeat it. Just as it's difficult to bring a sinner to receive Christ without clear knowledge of God's promise concerning salvation. Like if that, that person doesn't really understand their need for salvation, why would they attach that faith to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? Right? Just because you told them? Right? It's just as difficult to bring a person to receive their healing without a clear knowledge of God's promise concerning holiness. So you know how you spend some time ministering to people and then they get it and they like, I need Jesus. Well, you have to spend some time ministering to people so they can get it. I need my healing. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Same principle. Um, excuse me. So what happens is we'll, we'll remain confused if we don't take hold of God's promises. There's no way to resist the temptation to doubt the supernatural. So if I don't take hold of God's promises on a consistent basis... What is, what's going to be my, what's going to help me assist my strength to resist the temptation to not even believe the supernatural? See, everything that the world is flooding is getting you to believe the natural but not the supernatural. And so if I don't feed myself the things of God, what's going to help me to continue to believe in the midst of the circumstances that's trying to attack me? What's going to help me to believe in the midst of the, you know, the pain? That's, that's, that I'm dealing with. You know, if I break out, you know, if I end up leprous or something, how, what's, what's going what's gonna to stop me from tempting to just magnify that or break down and start crying like I'm, I'm condemned? Well, I need the Word. I need the Word to navigate through this life. Otherwise, I'm just going to believe what's constantly being fed without my permission. See, dude, you, you receive the word with your permission, with your choice. You receive the world without your choice. When you go into the grocery store, you receive the world. They're constantly playing music and stuff and feeding you all the time, subliminal messages all the time, commercials, phones, right? You're constantly getting fed things of the world without your permission. You have to choose to receive the things of God, right? We must create an atmosphere of healing by preaching and teaching what's been done in Christ. We have to create an atmosphere for healing, right? We have to, you know, the, the, the old, uh, I say old, was older than me, but, you know, back in the day we had tent meetings and stuff like that, and it was all types of healing and people getting up out of their wheelchairs. And they would go in that town and preach and teach for like two weeks every night. And people would come every night, but, but their faith was rising more and more and more. Because up to that point, before they came into town, all they believed is the circumstances. They, they never heard about healing. 
And if somebody just comes to you, oh, you could be healed. Man, what is he talking about I can be healed? Do you know how long? Like, I broke this in three places. They said, I'm always going to be like this. Or I was born this way. Well, it's not... It's understandable that you would believe you're stuck in that position if you've never experienced the supernatural and no one's told you about what God can do and you haven't attached your faith to it or not knowing that you have the faith to attach to it to believe beyond the circumstances. So it's understandable. It's not, it's not crazy. It's just unfortunate to, if you stay there, right? So we must create an atmosphere. Uh, going back to, we already read this, but Mark 6, 5 through 6, says he could, he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, right? So we talked about that, right? He, he was surprised that they didn't believe. But he didn't just leave them there. The next thing, it says, and he went around about the villages teaching. So he came to, to heal folks, some people didn't get their healing because they didn't believe. He looked like, so he didn't take them not getting their healing as, as he's not a healer. Immediately he says, oh, they don't believe. But he didn't go, oh, they don't believe I'm out of here. He went around the villages preaching and teaching. He said, oh, no, I got to get them the word. I got I, I to gotta feed them what God says. I got to create an atmosphere for them to because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, for their, their faith to increase. I already know God gave them a measure of faith, but I got to feed, I got I to water that faith until it grows into belief, and that belief is what they're going to use to draw in the manifestation of something in the natural from the supernatural realm. Right? So, so, so he understood that. Luke 5. Let's go to Luke Oh, uh, 17 to 26. It says, and, I, and, and as he was, keyword teaching, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And it came to pass on a certain day that he was teaching that there were, oh, let me just. It came to pass on a certain day uh, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a, uh, a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tilling which, uh, his uh, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their, look, look, it says he saw their faith. So they had to be doing something. When he saw their faith, he said unto him, man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Right? It says, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this? 
which speak his blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? Now, the interesting thing is they, they, he had palsy. They let him down. Jesus saw their faith. He said, your sins are forgiven. He released them from his sin. So remember, we said sin is attached to sickness and disease, right? So, so he got to the core of the problem, right? 22. It says, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, what reason in your hearts, whether it is easy to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. So he set them up. He forgave his sins at the root. And then he said, so he perceived the Pharisees going, man, who is this? They're not thinking about this dude is infirm. They're like, man, who do he think he is forgiving sin? And so he says, uh, but that they may know that the Son of Man has power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch and go to thine house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up that wherein he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. <laughs> Whoa, like, like they, their, their whole flow changed. Their whole flow changed. See, see, one, there was power to heal. They had they acted in faith, right? Jesus did some things. He spoke some things into existence, but he did it for the audience so they can glorify God too. And, and creating a stir of what? Belief. What do you think those people was going to do when they left? They were going to go what? Speak the things that God has done. And they were going to speak the things that God has done. And what, what do you think was going to happen? It was going to stir up people's faith to what? Believe God. That's why, we're, why we have the things that God has done. To keep speaking them out and it creates faith. Uh, do we have, could you use that mic right there? Is that mic okay for you? Sentiment, you. Huh? Oh, you don't have your glasses? So I can I mess with you there since you ain't got your glasses. Yeah, let's use that mic. Hey, hey uh, Daryl, could you lower that a little bit for her, please, sir? So I want her to share with you guys what she shared with me Sunday. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Yeah, there okay, you go. So let me see, where do I start? I'm gonna try to make this brief. I can be a little longer. All right, so, so, so yeah, so, yeah, so they can. So, um, I'm just gonna have some vision. I guess I've been under attack. Hold on one second, they about to take that uh, effect out. All right, you good now, go ahead. Is this good? Yeah, you good. I sound weird. No, you're, oh, no. you're good. So anyway, um, I've been having like, some issues. So just to give you a little backstory, um, it started with my leg. And so I went to an orthopedic doctor and they deemed it as a condition called bursitis. So I started going to therapy twice a week and my leg is feeling much better. So after that, I realized, I think it was like maybe two weeks after my leg started acting up, I began experiencing some issues with my digestive system. So first it started with bloating, right? And then I was just getting these little pains. Then I was getting like a pain up here. Then here comes the nausea. 
Then it's loss of appetite. Then I'm losing weight. So at this point, I'm like, oh man, like I'm getting on the internet. I'm like, it could be this, it could be that. Like my mind was thinking about the worst case scenario. So then I was just like really, really tired. So I, I couldn't even get out of bed to come to church. That's how tired I was. Like I can get a good nice rest and I'll wake up and I'm still tired. It's like my body was so weak. So fast forward to that Sunday. I was like, I, I got to get up. I, I couldn't, but I was like, I got to get up. I got to go in the house. And so that morning, what I typically do some Sunday mornings, especially if there's like a demand placed on me, I'll say, Holy Spirit, just move in the house today. Just move. Like, I just want to feel just to move. Like, I was, um, it was one of those things where I was like, I was expecting a healing. Okay, I was expecting to be healed. Like I knew God was going to heal me because it was just too much. I was too sick. And so we leave for church. We come here like the whole praise and worship. I'm like crying like a little baby. I don't really usually cry <laughs> like that during praise and worship, but I was just crying and just praying for just a healing, just a touch. And so um, I got up. I confessed my disobedience, that I wasn't doing what God was calling me to do. And so after that, um, he called me Asia and was it Tiana? Tiana? Tiana. He called them up for prayer. Now, I was a little jealous because I was like, he ain't going to call me. Like, <laughs> seriously, I was like, please. You know you know how you know how, um, you be like, um, like at the end where you do altar call and you be like, we be like, help. Help, you know, well, well, that was me. And so I was like, please, instead of me coming up there and getting it, I was like, please, Lord, I hope Pastor Keith just, just call me up there. So when he did, I was like, yes. Like, I was just, yes, expecting again that I'm going to get my healing. Now, mind you, that Sunday, I came in, I was tired. I was, oh, my goodness, my stomach was so bloated, had no appetite, nothing. I was just weak. And so we get up there. So I hear him praying for um, Tiana and Miasia. So as he's praying for them, I'm, it's almost like he had so much power in his voice. Like I was, I was getting woozy. And that's why I was like, yes, Lord, just thank you. Because it just, he was over here. But it's almost like I know I felt God's presence while I was over there. And so I'm like, yes, like, yes, Lord. It's like, like Holy Spirit singing, say yes, like say yes. And so it's almost like I can feel pastor walking over to me. And so he grabs my hand, y'all, and... Oh, he, and I know it's God, but using you, you have so much power in your hands. I was like, now I know he work out. Like I told him, I was like, he is strong. Like y'all mess with the pastor if y'all want to. But he had, he had so much power in his hands where, where I was having an issue. My stomach, it was almost like I, I, I didn't have, I couldn't breathe. It was like... And I started uttering words, you know, and it was, it was like, I felt my stomach in my back. 
And I just fell, you know, I just fell and I sat down there, you know, I got up and when we was leaving church, because I heard him say, um, I guess he wanted us to say, I receive and believe healing, Mm -hmm. you know, in Jesus name. I heard you when you said that. But when I walked back to my seat and I was about to leave, I forgot that you said to say that. And so before I left, you, I don't know, you just had this look in your eyes and you was like, don't forget. Almost like the symptoms may come back, but don't magnify the symptoms. Make sure you keep saying it, keep saying it. So I'm like, okay. So first of all, when I left out, I didn't feel like the bloating subsided, Um, had an appetite. Um, all, all this extra stuff that was happening, I, I, I couldn't feel it. it I, I just left so empowered. And so me and Jamel, we end up going to the mall. And remember I told y'all about the leg issue that I wasn't feeling no, no, no type of, no pain. So we walk out the mall and here comes the pain in my leg. So we in a parking lot, like, uh-uh, I receive it. Like, we in a parking lot at Concord Mills, and we like, uh-uh, Jamel, like, shut that down. Like, don't, uh-uh. And I'm like, I receive, I believe in healing. We walk into the car, and I'm like, no. Like, three minutes later, pain is gone. And so just to sum it up, I haven't, I have to go get an endoscopy done on the 28th, but I, I'm healed. I'm healed, Okay. And I, I'm getting my appetite back, but I'm kind of watching what I'm eating now. Because it's crazy because the first, I think the first time you start, this is funny, the first time you started this teaching, right, I'm watching from home. And so after I was getting sick, I was drinking water, trying to eat right, do all that. And I think you started out, you was like, you're probably trying to um, drink water now. Now you're trying to eat clean. I about spit my water out because I was drinking water. That's when I knew, I was like, this thing is, is, is bigger than just the sickness, it's God saying, I gotta, I have to get back. And so that's just my story. Um, and I'm still believing for healing. And I just thank you so much for your obedience, both of y'all, because y'all flow together. So <laughs> I thank y'all, but that's my story. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, that's all we have for today. Uh, 